we are continuing our series on uh, the gifts of the Holy Spirit versus the gift of tongues. Amen. We're going to be talking today about the practical side about speaking in tongues. And, and I feel to mention one thing last week, and I'm going to be mentioning it uh, today, you know, and, and maybe, you know, uh, 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 let's recap a little bit, you know. Uh, we, we did mention that tongues was both the signs and the gifts of the Spirit, you know. Again, when we talk about the gift, we talk about the diverse kinds of tongues. We have the tongues of uh, public edification and personal edification and then prayer language and then worship. You know, again, you know, uh, we want to encourage everybody to, 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 make, to, to walk into that dimension. You know, the only thing that is not available for everybody is the public edification. We're going to talk about that. But, but being baptized in the Holy Spirit, with the, you know, uh, I want to make special mention when you are being baptized in the Holy Spirit, it is with the evidence of speaking in tongues. It is only the initial evidence and not the abiding evidence of the Holy Spirit. Let me repeat that again. Being baptized in the Holy Spirit uh, with the evidence of speaking in tongues is only the initial evidence and not the abiding evidence of the Holy Spirit. The abiding evidence of the Holy Spirit it's mentioned in Galatians chapter 5, verse 23. Let's turn there. Galatians chapter 5, verse 22 to 23. But the fruit of the Spirit is love, joy, peace, long-suffering, kindness, goodness, faithfulness, gentleness, self-control. Against such there is no law. Amen. Okay? So I want to continue, you know, and, and, and I forgot to mention, there's another popular argument that's against speaking in tongues. And, and, and many Christians hold this view, okay? And, and, and this is found in 1 Corinthians chapter 13, verse 8 to 12. Love never fails. But whether there are prophecies, they will fail. Whether there are tongues, they will cease. Whether there is knowledge, it will vanish away. For we know in part, we prophesy in part, but when that which is perfect has come, then that which is, is in part will be done away. When I was a child, I spoke as a child. I understood as a child. I thought as a child. But when I became a man, I put away childish things. For now we see in a mirror dimly, but then face to face. Now I know in part, but then I shall know just as I also am known. Okay? So again, let me, let me describe this group of people, cessationists. Okay? They believe that the gift was only meant to inaugurate the church on the earth. And after that, there was no reason to expect the continuation of science wonders, miracles, or the gifts of the Holy Spirit. And there are many who believe in this doctrine. But we need to understand the context of the entire book of 1 Corinthians. Again, as I said earlier on, uh, earlier on uh, the Apostle Paul was addressing to the church in Corinthians, correcting some of their viewpoint. They were immature. They operated in the gifts of the Spirit 
but nevertheless, they were immature, which tells us just because you operate in the gifts of the Spirit doesn't mean that you are matured. In fact, Paul called them babes in Christ because they were not matured at all. And that was the whole underlying context and there was no mention of the completion of the Bible and, and they had chaos, they, they had uh, 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 people, you know, that are living in an immoral lifestyle and they were using the gifts of the Spirit for showing off rather than blessing one another. They were not operating in love. They were operating in a self-seeking fashion. There was chaos in the church. You know, everybody wanted to outdo each other. It was such a mess, okay? And, and when you read this particular scripture, you know, it's talking about the love chapter, you know, how we should be operating in love. Let's, let's turn to 1 Corinthians, you know, uh, chapter uh, uh, 13, you know, uh, the Favorite love chapter. You know, I know everybody knows this chapter, 1 Corinthians chapter 13. Let's turn there real quickly. You know, uh, yes, 1 Corinthians chapter 13, verse 4 and 7, it leads like this. Love suffers long and is kind. Love does not envy. Love does not parade itself. It's not puffed up. Does not behave rudely. Does not seek its own. Is not provoked. Thinks no evil. Does not rejoice in iniquity, but rejoices in truth. Bears all things, believes all things, hope all things, endure all things. This is within the context. When we read this, is within the context of this thing called love not about the completion of the Word of God, you know, and, and again, we got to be very careful, you know, sometimes, you know, people get disarmed, you know, when, 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 when a friend of theirs, you know, just show them this scripture, or, or, or if, whether there are times they were seized, you know, and, and you get paralyzed, you, you don't need to get paralyzed, you need to understand the whole context, you know, and, 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 and the way that we know, let's, let's turn again, 1 Corinthians chapter 13, uh, verse 8, Eight right now, First Corinthians chapter thirteen, verse eight. Let's look at the scriptures carefully, and how I will help you understand uh, 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 what it means. First Corinthians chapter thirteen, verse eight. Love never fails, but where there are prophecies, they will fail. Whether there are tongues, they will cease. Whether there is knowledge, it will vanish away. For we know in part, and we prophesy in part. Then in verse 10, but that which is perfect has come. You know, again, that perfect, there was no context or that there was no even hint that, that it was the completed Word of God. Amen. <laughs> you know, again, as much as I believe that the Word of God is completed, but in this context of Scripture, it was really talking about Jesus Christ coming back for the church again. Then when you read, that we will meet Him face to face. Amen. So again, you know, when, when you use the word perfect, it's used out of context, you know, of the whole entire 1 Corinthians chapter 13, which is the love chapter. And the Bible says that God is love. <laughs> you know, and the, there will be a coming a day where we no longer need prophecy, we no longer need tongues, we no longer need knowledge because the perfect has come. Right now, we are seeing in a glass dimly. We are seeing everything uh, uh, not very clear. Amen. But when Jesus Christ comes and we see Him face to face, everything will make sense to us. Uh, that's what He's really talking about. So again, you know, uh, 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 we got to not be afraid. 
Let's study the word together and let's understand each word. Amen. So again, I just want to encourage you. You know, you don't need to be paralyzed just because someone used something that says tongues has ceased and you just go, uh, 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 uh. you don't have to. You need to understand the whole context. If you don't understand the whole context, you'll be gone. <laughs> so again, you know, uh, 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 don't be afraid. Know the word. Amen. And the truth of Make us free. So, so let's go back to the lesson that we talk about. We, I, want, I want to talk to you about the benefits of speaking in tongues. You know, and, and, and let's go back to the original slide. You know, I, I made a slide about, you know, uh, uh, tongues in the Bible. You know, why don't we turn to that slide? There are tongues in the Bible. If there are the uh, are signs as well as Diverse gifts, you know. Well, let's go quickly there. And, and if you have a phone, you may want to take this uh, graphics, you know, because there's lots of confusion. But I'm, I hope that this chart will help you organize it in such a way that you can bring understanding to you. First of all, tongues in the Bible uh, were signs, you know. The gift of the Holy Spirit is a sign and everyone should receive this sign, okay. Here's the characteristic. It's unknown to the speaker but may be known to the hearer. Okay, speaks to God or man and assigned to man. Okay, the scripture reference is found there. And then we talk about the diverse gifts of tongues. 1 Corinthians chapter 4, verse 10 is for either personal edification, you know, and anyone can yield themselves. And the characteristic of this tongue is unknown and it speaks to God. Okay, and, and also, it's, it, the, this diverse gifts of tongue can be a prayer language. Anyone can. Tap into this, you know, anyone, okay? And, and the characteristic of this tongue is unknown because it speaks directly to God. And also worship, or, or some people will call it magnify the Lord, amen. Anyone can yield themselves to the Spirit and sing in tongues, you know, and, and the characteristic is unknown, speaks to God, amen. And this is the one that many people are confused and they lump everything together is public edification, okay? For public edification, is not for everyone and, and it's unknown and it requires the gift of interpretation. This is where God is speaking through men directly. So I want you to understand that very clearly. I hope this has helped you because, you know, I don't want, you know, uh, 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 any misunderstanding and later on we'll be addressing some misunderstanding, you know, in the scripture. So again, you know, I want you to understand that, you know, when you, anybody can, can, can operate, you know, in praying in tongues. It's like turning on the light, you know, turning on the light in your room is easy. Just flip the switch. The room goes from dark to light and, 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 Whenever you leave the room, you flip the switch again and the light goes off. Praying in the Spirit is activated in your life by choosing to pray. Amen. Choosing to flip the switch. The apostle made it very clear. And the author of the, the, the apostle Paul, the author of two-thirds of the New Testament, prayed in tongues. He wasn't ashamed of it and understood the immense value in praying in tongues. Let's, let's turn to 1 Corinthians chapter 4, verse 5. 1 Corinthians chapter 14, verse 5. Let's turn there real quickly. He says this, I will pray with the Spirit and I will also pray with the understanding. I will sing with the Spirit and I will also sing with the understanding. Then in 1 Corinthians chapter 14, verse 4, for 
if I pray in a tongue, my spirits pray, but my understanding is I'm fruitful. Amen. So from this context here, you know, it is, it is a choice. It's just like flipping the switch. Amen. You know, he, the, in, in 1 Corinthians chapter 14, verse 14, he mentions pray with understanding and pray in tongues. Okay, let's turn there real quickly. For if I pray in a tongue, my spirit prays, but my understanding is unfruitful. According to him, there is a considerable difference between the two. When Paul prayed with understanding, he prayed in his native language. And he understood every word that he was praying. Okay, he was praying from the brain. His thoughts and words were developed first in the mind. And then it came out, forth out as from his mouth. And we all know that every word we speak in our native language has its origin in our brain. And in a nanosecond, it gets transferred to our mouth and we give voice to that thought. Praying in tongues is different. Paul explains uh, what takes place when you pray in tongues. My spirit prays. Then he adds, my spirit uh, or, or my understanding is unfruitful. Paul is intentionally differentiating the identifying two ways to pray with understanding and without understanding. When Paul says his spirits pray that his understanding is unfruitful, he is letting us know that his mind and brain are not involved while praying in tongues. He identified this by this statement, my spirit prays. We learned in school that the brain is the birthplace of words. Therefore, when you pray in English, or in your native language, it starts with your brain. But when you pray in tongues, the words don't come out from your brain. It comes out from your spirit. Your spirit is now the birthplace of those words that will come out of your mouth. Next, your tongue gives sound to the words. It will make no sense to your natural mind. That's perfect. It isn't supposed to. It isn't supposed to be logical. Let me repeat again. He says this, my understanding is unfruitful. I want to make sure you understand that when you pray in the Spirit, your Spirit has a voice just like your brain. <laughs> Amen. But it can't be heard unless it comes out from your mouth. Amen. Everybody say praise the Lord. You know, again, you know, I, I remember Bishop Willoughby saying this to someone he was praying for. You know, uh, uh, that person, I want to receive the Holy Spirit. And then he just keep his mouth like that. You got to speak it by faith. <laughs> you cannot receive the Holy Spirit. Okay? You know, if you are not yielding yourself, you are not speaking and God will put those words in you. Amen. So again, you know, it is so simple. It is a beautiful thing. I desire and I can pray with understanding and I can pray in my spirit. Amen. And it's very natural. The more you yield yourself to it, you know, the more you become fluent in it. Amen. Amen. Some of us will say, oh, you know what? Uh, I'm not fluent. You don't have to be fluent. In fact, 
Every time when you start speaking in it, you're not fluent. Tell me, when you learn how to speak a different language, amen, are you fluent the first time? No, you're not. So again, you know, the more you use it, the more it comes naturally. And if you and I were honest, you know, a large part of our praying in English or native language is done outside the will of God. You know, I call it Swedish prayer. You know, James chapter 4 verse 3 tells us that you ask and you do not receive because you ask amiss that you may spend it on your pleasure. Amen. So again, you know, uh, uh, many times when we pray in English, it's just selfish prayer. <laughs> Amen. And, and sometimes, you know, when we pray, you know, it's not in alignment with God's will. <laughs> so praying in tongues eliminates that, this frailty altogether, which we're going to cover later on. So I want to address some misunderstanding about speaking in tongues. You know, I, I've dealt with many new converts. You know, I, I, I have to deal with me, you know. Bishop Willoughby has to deal with me. So there are some misunderstandings. And the first misunderstanding, okay, I want to address is, you know, uh, but, but, but let, me, let me give you the definition of the word misunderstanding. So what does it mean to misunderstand something? Simply put it, it is a failure to comprehend the issue at hand correctly. Okay, you know, there are many, many people with a lot of opinion about speaking in tongues and, you know, I, I want to address it, you know, I, and some of them have good intentions, but, uh, you know, it's kind of hard, you know, to, uh, uh, you know, give instructions if you are not filled with the Holy Spirit, you know. So, you, again, you know, the first misin uh, misunderstanding I want to address is uh, I don't want it to be making it up. <laughs> You know, I don't want it to be me making it up. You know, again, I thank God for people, you know, uh, uh, and I appreciate people that, that, that wants it all to be God. You know, again, they want to be fully surrendered. You know, I'm thankful they, they don't want to conjure it up. So, you know, I, 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 you know and, and, and they have this whole idea that I don't want it to be me. I don't want it to be made up. I don't want it to be my flesh. Even though your heart is in the right place, this thinking has the potential to develop you into spiritual paralysis. Amen. It, it may seem noble, noble and, 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 and right, you know, and, 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 and you know, especially when, 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 when you want it all to be God. But actually, it is counterproductive to your work with God and your effectiveness as a believer. I know it sounds like I am speaking from both sides of my mouth, but it is true that we have to act in faith. Amen. Paul, declaring receiving the promise of the Spirit is by faith. Let's turn to Galatians chapter 3 verse 14. Galatians chapter 3 verse 14. That the blessing of Abraham might come upon the Gentiles in Christ Jesus, that we might receive the promise of the Spirit through faith. See, when you pray in English, it is you. You make it up, you think about words in your mind, your prayer are first generated in your mind and it comes from you. Amen. Okay. In prayer, when you ask for a new job, you made that up. I'm not saying that it is wrong. I'm saying that it came from your mind, a point of need. It was your thought and you verbalized it to the Lord. You know, again, it's commendable to use the logic, I want it to be all God. However, sadly, I believe many uses this as an acceptable escape for 
the desiring and pursuing of tongues and thus acquit themselves of any responsibility. Over the years, I've seen hundreds of times a person will come to the front desiring to receive the Holy Spirit. In their heart, they are so pure. They do not want to have anything to do with them. You know, they, they want it to be all God. You know, they, they, they will uplift their hand, tears in their eyes and they will say, I want to receive the Holy Spirit. Then they will slightly open their mouth waiting for words, you know, and, and supernatural prayer language to suddenly come forth, to leap out of their mouth and, and they want the Spirit to take their tongue and start formulating words for them. This is not how receiving is done. Let's turn to the books of Acts chapter 2 verse 4. Acts chapter 2 verse 4. It says, And they were all filled with the Holy Spirit and began to speak with other tongues as the Spirit gave them utterance. It involves us. Amen. Let me say that again. It involves us. And when you're going to be used of God, it will always involve your will. We must flip the switch on and yield our tongue to the Holy Spirit. You know, I, I remember that, that there are times when I pray to some, uh, for someone, you know, to receive the Holy Spirit. I will tell them to release your tongue. Amen. Just step out in faith. And, and when you begin to give voice to the utterance, oh, then, you know, the Spirit will put those language into your mouth. Amen. You know, many are concerned that they won't do it right or they will mess up. Let me encourage you. You can't and you won't mess up. Amen. Again, you know, in the beginning, you know, you have to push out those words. Amen. You have to step out in faith. Get into the water. Amen. You know, some people believe, oh, you know, God's going to take my tongue and just shake it like that. No, it won't work that way. You got to cooperate. You got to, you got to, you know, it's just like teaching the Bible study. It's just like the gift of teaching a Bible study, you have the gift of teaching. You know, you cannot just wait and wait. Suddenly, I feel in the room, bah, you know, I'm anointed, I'm going to teach. You, you got to step out in faith. Amen. And then when you start teaching the Bible study, the flow will come, the gifts will begin to operate. You know, it, it's just on your doing as you go then God will empower you. Amen. And, and, and you need to step out in faith. You see, again, another, another misunderstanding is tongues is only for a few people. Let's look at this. Tongues is only for a few people. In other words, people believe that speaking in tongues is not meant for everyone. You know, and then again, Paul asked the question, do all speak in tongues? His response is no. But before you jump to the conclusion that your point is validated by Paul. Again, he was referring to the gifts of tongue. Amen. <laughs> Again, uh, you remember that chart? We're talking about this. You know, the whole context of that chapter. Amen. It was talking about the public edification or the public tongue was to be used, you know, uh, 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 for the edification of the local church body. This is the tongue that is not made for everyone. However, the personal prayer tongue is for all, anyone who yield themselves to the Holy Spirit. Again, Paul is adjusting to the spiritual gifts of tongue that God has sent to the church for the public edification in order to make his point that not all have this gift of public edification. He also established not everyone is an apostle, prophet, teacher, workers of miracle. Amen. So again, 
you know, when for clarity, Paul say, do all speak in tongues, he was referencing public edification and not the heavenly prayer language which is available for everyone. Okay? And here's another misunderstanding that I want to address. A misunderstanding if God wants me to speak in tongues, He will have to make it happen. Amen. Okay? So let's, let's talk about this for a while. Whenever a gift of the Spirit is in operation, you will discover that there is a partnership of cooperation between God and man. Each gift involves men particularly. You know, for instance, when we are led to witness to someone, the Spirit doesn't immediately take your tongue and start speaking words without your consent and cooperation. The Spirit of God works with you and through you. Same is true with speaking in tongues. You know, I love this quote, you know, uh, from a Pentecostal evangelist and a teacher of the 1940s and 50s. He had helped many understand this point. He wrote, very often, it has been said concerning speaking with tongues, the Holy Spirit speaks through the man or to someone upon whom the Spirit was moving. We have said, now just let the Spirit speak through you. This expression conveys the idea that the Holy Spirit actually does the speaking Himself. The fact is that this is not true. The Holy Spirit does not speak. The Word plainly teaches that the man does the speaking, but the Spirit supernaturally directs. Amen. For I pray in a tongue, my Spirit prays. Amen. Again, I hope you understand. <laughs> you know, you have to yield yourself in faith. Amen. Okay? It's, not, it's, it's just like giving. When you give, then God will give back to you. You don't think, oh, I got money inside my, oh, oh God, oh, look, I have a thousand dollars I can give to the church. No, you start to activate it by giving in faith. Amen. Okay, I hope that you understand this point. You know, you just got to yield yourself in the Holy Spirit. Amen. You just got to utter those words. I mean, got to speak it out. And, and, and as you speak it out, God will give you those words to say. Amen. Okay, here's another misunderstanding, letter D. I think this, this one is so important that I really want to address. Okay, letter D, you know, I want to address this misunderstanding. I'm afraid that I won't be able to stop or control it. People falsely believe that they will not be able to control praying in tongues. Many think that the Spirit will override their mental faculties and possess them as if uh, they are under some kind of spell. Here's the truth. You can control it you can start and stop praying in tongues anytime you like. It's just like a switch. Just as I can stop and start praying in English anytime I choose, it is also about yielding your spirit, brain, and tongue. Again, I can flip the switch on and off anytime. Let's turn to 1 Corinthians chapter 14, verse 32. 1 Corinthians chapter 14, verse 32. It goes like this. And the spirit of the prophets are subject to the prophets. Amen. Praise God. <laughs> Amen. Okay. All this misunderstanding done away, now comes the best part. The 10 benefits of praying tongues. Okay. Amen. Here's the part that I'm going to get out. Those were all just foundational. <laughs> so now I'm going to tell you why you should be praying tongues. Okay. Amen. I mean, 
you know, everybody's wanting to know why should I pray in tongues? Okay, that's a good question. Number one, okay, you know, I think it's found in the PowerPoint. Number one, you pray the perfect will of God. Amen. Romans chapter 8, verse 26 to 28. Likewise, the Spirit also helps us in our weakness, for we do not know what we should pray for as we ought, but the Spirit Himself makes intercession for us with groanings which cannot be uttered. Now, he who searches the hearts knows what the mind of the Spirit is because He makes intercession for the saints according to the will of God. And then here comes my favourite scripture that we often quote, but we don't quote 26 or 27. We only quote verse 28. And we know all things work together for good for those who love God to those who are the called according to His purpose. Amen. Let me ask you this question. Would you agree with me? The safest place to be is in the centre of God's will. Amen. This benefit may be the most important. Each time when we pray in tongues, we are allowing the Holy Spirit to lead us in our praying. You know, how, how does that work? You know, the Spirit is communicating directly with our spirit and we give voice to His prompting through tongues. It is a beautiful arrangement. God working with man to pray His perfect will. And, 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 and another great question we we. we get us on occasion is, if I'm praying in the perfect will of God, then why is there so much chaos happening in my life? Why do bad things still take place? We cannot forget that we are in a war. Just as God has at work in your life, the enemy has raised an assault against you as well. He has schemes and aggressive agenda for you and your family. Imagine the devastation in our lives if we didn't pray the perfect will of God. Tongues are of uttermost importance, especially in the day, in this day and age that we are living in. Amen. I want to pray in the Holy Ghost. Amen. You are waging warfare. Amen. So again, uh, uh, here's a great suggestion that I want to encourage you. You know, spend time praying in tongues. You know, just, just you know, uninterrupted, just focus in. You know, again, I'm going to show you how you can pray in tongues in the different areas of your life. Just begin to pray. Pray that God will help us, you know, move forward as a church. Amen. The church is under attack. There are people under attack. We need total will. We need the plan of God. Amen. Amen. Because if it's His plan, amen, we're going to win. Amen. Hallelujah. We're going to win. And here's another second benefit of praying in tongues, okay? Number two, it is a special code of communication. 1 Corinthians chapter 14, verse 2 tells us, For he who speaks in a tongue does not speak to man, but to God. For no one understands him. However, in the Spirit, he speaks mysteries. Amen. This is something that is so cool. In every military engagement, essential high-level information must be shared with key personnel. A war can quickly lose if the troop movements, airstrikes, you know, the, uh, the, the vital battle plans are not shared with the necessary leaders. In order to not have the delicate information detected and understood by the enemy, a special language or code is put into place. This unique language or code is known by their sight only, therefore preventing the enemy from intercepting or subverting their plans. A well-known example of coded wartime communication is seen in the code 
talkers of World War II. The U.S. Army enlisted the aid of 100 Native Americans to develop coded messages in tribal languages that were virtually unknown to the Axis powers and succeeded in baffling enemy code breakers. Code talkers were a significant factor in the Allied forces winning World War II. Praying in tongues is the Christian special language. The enemy cannot break the code. I love how in the Empire Bible, it says it in 1 Corinthians chapter 14, verse 2. For one who speaks in an unknown tongue does not speak to people but to God, for no one understands him or catches his meaning. But by the Spirit, he speaks mysteries, secret truths, hidden truths. When we pray in tongues, the devil cannot understand and cannot decode what we are praying. It puts the devil at a great disadvantage and he becomes in a reactive mode rather than responding to our advances. Again, this is an awesome weapon that the Lord has given to us. So let's take the full advantage of it. Amen. Amen. Sometimes when I pray in English, you know, the devil knows that, that, that I'm in doubt. So he will unleash more doubt to me. Amen. So you know what? I will go down on my knees and I will pray in tongues. Amen. I will begin to pray and get all my frustrations out. And he has clueless what's going on the inside. Let me say one thing. The devil is not all-knowing. God is. And he's given us a special coding and I pray, you know, and I confuse the devil. Say, what's this guy talking about? My goodness. Amen. We are communicating with God and God is communicating with us. Amen. So again, you know, do not waste this opportunity for us to have this special coded language. And, and here comes the third point. <laughs> Benefits of praying in tongues. Number three, it draws us closer to God. First Corinthians chapter 14, verse 15. What is the conclusion then? I will pray with the Spirit and I will also pray with understanding. I will sing with the Spirit and I will also sing with the understanding. Here comes another scripture that is found in Acts chapter 10 verse 46. For they heard them speak with tongues and magnify God. Then Peter answered. You know, again, you can actually use your spiritual language for more than just praying. You can sing, you can worship, you can magnify the Lord. Amen. There are times when I do this, you know, Lord, I don't know what else to say. I'm going to yield my tongue to you. I'm going to magnify you because you're beyond any language. You're beyond my understanding. So I'm going to magnify you. I'm going to lift up my voice. I'm going to yield myself in worship. Amen. Hallelujah. And there comes a special intimacy that occurs when we pray in the Spirit. And, and there is no doubt that, that the more you pray in tongues, the closer your walk with the Spirit you will have. Amen. It is a byproduct of yielding your Spirit to the Spirit of God while in prayer. There's an author by the name of David Robinson, the author of The Walk of the Spirit, The Walk of Power, says you're going to provoke an internal way, war. Sorry, you're going to provoke an internal war when you begin to consistently pray in tongues because impurities, amen, impurities will soon start to surface that you don't want to get rid of and God will endeavor to purge those impurities out of your life so that you can fulfill your divine call without being destroyed by the devil. Amen. Let's, let's turn to the books of Romans chapter 8 verse 29. Romans chapter 8 verse 29. I love this scripture for whom he foreknew, he also 
predestined to be conformed to the image of His Son, that He might be the firstborn among many brethren. Let me say this, you know, uh, the more I become like Him, the closer I am with God. Amen. I don't know about you, but I love it when my son behaves like me. Amen. You know, and say, Dad, I'm just doing what you want me to do. I mean, I'm so proud of it, Dad. I'm, you know, and, and you will be so close to the Father because God's will is that we become like Him. Amen. The closest, the greatest worship that, that you can have. You know, how do I know you have worshipped Christ? Because you Look like Him. Amen. Amen. And that's when I pray in the Holy Ghost, when I don't know what else to do. I just, Lord, I yield myself. Amen. I want to be like you. I want to be just like you. Amen. Amen. Come on. Let's lift our hands for a moment. Let's begin to pray in the Holy Ghost right now. And then here's another benefit. Benefit number four. You develop spiritual Muscles, amen. The more we take time with this special opportunity, the less vulnerable we are to temptations and the wiles of the devil, amen. The, we become stronger in the spirit as we exercise our spirit, man. In the book of Jude, it says this, you know, in verse 20, you know, but you, beloved, building yourself up on the most holy faith, praying in the Holy Spirit, when praying in tongues, your spirit is being built up and it gains strength. This means that you are literally putting on the spiritual muscle. This is why some of the physical smallest, weakest among us may appear giant in the spirit world to the devil. Amen. You know, again, I, I, I don't know about you, but I'll tell you one thing. Amen. That many of our Filipino Joyce Fellowship sisters, they are small, they are young, you know, maybe some of them are older, but they are small. I'm telling you, they are spiritual giants. <laughs> they pray in the Holy Ghost, amen. Again, you know, there is something about praying the Holy Ghost. You build your muscle up, you're, you're stretching your faith, amen. You're not relying on your intellectual ability. You're trusting God, amen. That's how you build up yourself. You're stretching, Lord, even though I don't understand you, that's fine. I trust you, amen. That's what it does. It your trust level. Amen. And, and, and another benefit, number five, I love this one. You know, again, it stirs up, the benefit number five, it, it stirs up your faith. Amen. Second Timothy chapter 1, verse 6. Amen. Therefore, I remind you to stir up the gift of God which is in you to the laying of my hands. Amen. We got to stir up the gift. Amen. You know, again, to stir up the gift. Nobody can stir up the gift as much as you can. Amen. The word stir up means to rekindle a flesh, to keep in full flame. Amen. Praying in tongues doesn't necessarily give you more faith, but it most definitely will stir it up. Amen. Stir it up. Amen. Come on. Let's stir it up. Amen. There are times where I'm upset. I'm going to stir it up. Amen. I'm going to stir it up. Amen. I'm not going to be passive about my walk with God. I'm going to stir it up. Amen. That's why the Bible says in Ephesians chapter 3 verse 19, to know the love of Christ which passes knowledge that you may be filled with all the fullness of God. That is, that is what God wants us to be filled. The, to be filled with all the fullness of God. Ephesians chapter 5, verse 18 to 21. And do not be drunk with wine in which is dissipation, but be filled with the Holy Spirit, be filled with the Spirit, speaking to one another in psalms, 
hymns, spiritual songs, singing, making melody in your heart to the Lord, giving thanks always for all things to God the Father in the name of our Lord Jesus Christ, submitting one another to the fear, in the fear of the Lord. Amen. After periods of prolonged praying in tongues, my faith is activated, supercharged. I feel extremely close to God and believe that anything is possible. The same can happen to you if you do that. If you just go lock yourself in the room and just begin to pray, you know, pray in tongues. Someone has put it, charges your spirit like a battery charger. Amen. Charges a battery. Amen. So again, let's stir it up. Amen. Don't wait for someone else to stir it. You have to take responsibility if you see that the fire is gone. Amen. You got to do something about it. You got to add fuel in it. You got to pray in the Holy Ghost until you get the fire. You got to recognize something is wrong. Amen. Something is wrong. I'm going to pray in the Spirit. I want to feel the nearness of God's presence. I'm going to do something about it. Amen. Another benefit, number six, you spiritually, you supernaturally accomplish more. Why? Because in Isaiah chapter 55, verse 8 and 9, it says, For my thoughts are not your thoughts, nor your ways are my ways, says the Lord. For as the heavens are higher than the earth, so are my ways higher than your ways, and my thoughts than your thoughts. And Acts chapter 1, verse 8 tells us, But you shall receive power when the Holy Spirit has come upon you. And you shall be witnesses to me in Jerusalem, in all Judea and Samaria, to the end of the earth. Amen. Again, there is something about praying the Spirit. There is something. You know, I, in my times past, you know, in, when I'm a care group leader, I still remember there are times that I don't feel like leading care group at all. I feel like, Lord, I don't know what to prepare. Then I begin to pray in tongues. I begin to pray in tongues. You know, I still remember there was a time I was supposed to lead a care group the next day. I don't know what to do, but I just spend lots of time praying in tongues. You know, you know walking and, and I still remember at that time, you know, uh, now it's a new town, you know, secondary school, you know, that field over there, I was praying, you know, in the tongues, you know, I was just praying in tongues. At that time, there was no new town, but I remember that place there, I was just praying in tongues for a good four hours, <laughs> and I still didn't have anything, so I went to the care group. Lo and behold, the presence fell. <laughs> Amen. Amen. When we started singing one song, bam, God takes over. You know, people were receiving a touch from God, you know, and that's it. God, you increase, I need to decrease. You know, there is power in speaking, you know, uh, yielding yourself to the Holy Spirit. Amen. I'm talking about praying in tongues, prepares you for your future. You know, again, it's a process where God's going to remove every obstacle, every opposition will be uprooted. Third, amen. You are just walking in that power. Amen. So many times I don't feel like leading. So many times I don't feel like teaching. I go down on my knees and say, God, help me. God, help me. And then God takes over. Amen. Hallelujah. You will be, you know, that we are anointing that will suddenly come upon you. It's like, it's like, you know, you know, we have this thing called WD-14. You know, you spray, you know, it's a lubricant that helps everything get to the flow of it, you know, and, and you can you know, again, just you yourself because praying in tongues enlarges your capacity to do more for God. Amen. And then a benefit number seven, it gives you rest and peace. Amen. I love this one. Isaiah chapter 28 verse 11 and 12. For with stammering lips and another tongue, he will speak to these people to whom he said, this is the rest which you may cause the weary to rest and this is the refreshing 
yet they were not here. Then 1 Peter chapter 5, verse 6 and 7, you know, therefore, humble yourself under the mighty hand of God that He may exalt you in time, casting all your care upon He, for He cares for you. You know, again, I can't tell you how many times I'm feeling exhausted and I just lift up my hands. I'm going to cast my hair. I'm going to cast all my cares. I'm going to cast the burden of purpose. I'm going to cast the burden of my life. I'm going to cast the burden of my significance. God, I'm going to cast and I begin to pray in the Spirit, you know, and I feel such a rest. Amen. I, I, I just pray in the Holy Ghost, you know, until I feel a rest that will come upon me. Amen. Hallelujah. You know, this is something that we have to do constantly. Life is not easy. Amen. Life is kind of iffy, you know. But the Bible says, if I pray, amen, the choice is yours. You want to carry it alone or you want to choose God? Take my yoke. Amen. Lord, help me. You know, again, I, I do this. I picture myself climbing up on daddy's lap. And I say, dad, I need you. Give me a hug. You know, and I'll pray in the Holy Ghost, you know. And, and it doesn't need to be a violent tongue. Sometimes it's a worshipful tongue. It's a resting tongue. You know, especially many times in deep intercession, instead of just coming and feeling slow, I just allow myself just to relax in the Holy Ghost and let the Spirit just pray through me. Amen. That's why many of us are so afraid of intercessory prayer because we are so afraid that, 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 oh, it's going to wear me out. But, but there is a refreshing if you have to wait upon the Lord. There is a rest that will come upon you. Amen. I know that intercessory prayer is very tiring. But, but you need to give yourself time to rest in the Lord. Amen. When instead of you continue to violently pray, you need to rest in the Holy Ghost. Amen. Which leads me to the next benefit. The benefit number eight. It can calm your turbulent environment. Amen. For 2 Timothy chapter 1, verse 7. You know, again, all these are connected. Stir up yourself. And then verse 7, it says, For God has not given us a spirit of fear, but of power and love and of a sound mind. Amen. You know what? It is when I understand I'm no longer an orphan. I'm a child of God. I can run to Him. I can boldly run to Him and He will come, my spirit. I'm in charge. Amen. I'm in charge. Amen. Hallelujah. You know, when chaos is raging and the noise of distractions are unbearable. It is a perfect opportunity to pray in tongues. Amen. Amen. There are times where, where the voice of fear, the voice of opinion, the voice of man is, 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 is distorting, you know, or, or, or it's hard to hear from God's voice. I would just yield my spirit. I would just yield myself to the Lord. Amen. Amen. And then He will calm things. Amen. He will make things clearer to me. Hallelujah. Amen. Oh, come magnify the Lord with me. Amen. And, and, and another benefit, okay, I'm just getting so excited here because I want to pray in tongues, you know, and, 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 and benefits number nine, it opens the gateway of real-time ministry opportunities, that's why, you know, the Bible says pray without ceasing, amen, I love this scripture, pray without ceasing, Galatians chapter 5 verse 16, I say then, walk in the spirit and you shall not fulfill the last of the flesh, amen, I just want to share a quick testimony, you know, when I was doing this lesson, I began to pray more in the Holy Ghost, I began to pray more in the Holy Ghost, you know, when 
when you pray more in the Holy Ghost, you expected God to work uh, something out that God's going to use you, you know. And and we went for 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 somebody, you know, a talk, a seminar, and 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 this person was there to sell me a product, but I end up preaching the gospel. <laughs> Amen. Amen. I, I I begin, and then this person said, "Wow, you know what?" Uh, 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 you know, do you want to unlocking the Bible? We could feel the presence of God because I, you can tell that that I'm not. Uh, this person is not just entertaining him because this person was just crying. <laughs> you know, uh, uh, they feel God in that room. He say, and then he was saying that, how come you preachers? You know, when you preach, you have so much passion. I say that because God loves you, Amen. And, 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 he, and that that bonus he will recognize is the power of the Holy Spirit reaching out to people that God wants to use you. That your life is more just than just earning money and keeping that bank account is a venture. If you you yourself every day and you ask yourself every day, God, Lord, where's my mission field? God, what do I need to do? And God will open those doors for you. God will open the door that no one can, can close. His timing is perfect. Amen. And He will lead you to the people who need Jesus Christ. Amen. Hallelujah. I hope I'm making sense here. You know, you will open opportunities of gateways, you know, ministry opportunity. Let's pray. Amen. And, and again, oh, I love this one. <laughs> you know, benefit number 10. It brings clarity to the will of God in your life. Praying in the Spirit removes the clutter that builds up in our minds. The kind of clutter that prevents us from making wise, godly decisions. Praying in the Spirit minimizes confusion so that God's will become more Apparent, amen. Again, you know, before you want to buy something, especially big purchases, you know, you need to pray in the spirit. Lord, is this your will? <laughs> amen. Praise long time, you know, just pray in the spirit. You know, it will save you some money. Amen. You know, when you want to make a a, a, a decision, whether it's a, a property here, a property there, you know, uh, uh, what am I supposed to do with my money? Pray. God will give you disease. Uh, 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 you know, the reason why we, we scared to pray is because we scared. God is saying, can you give me that money? <laughs> then you still own it. <laughs> Amen. You, 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 come on. When you yield in the Holy Ghost, you know, you say, God, this is your money, not my money. Amen. Let me tell you something about God. You know, when I pray in the Holy Ghost more and more, God becomes more real to me. I begin to see the manifestation of His Spirit. My joy is fuller. My peace is more prevailing. Amen. My sensitivity to the spirit promptings is sharper. My love for people becomes deeper. Amen. So again, you know, it is exciting, you know, when you pray in the spirit and, and there are four areas that God needs us to target our praying in. Amen. Number one, I'm going to go quickly now because I'm, I know I'm, I, I have limited time. So number one, the place that I think we should be praying is your workplace, is your mission field. Amen. Your work is not just a job that provides you the needs of your family. It is much more than that. Your job God gives you is the opportunity for the light that is in you to penetrate darkness. Amen. The Lord has strategically positioned you so that you can take the great news of our Savior to those that who, who may never go to church. Amen. Uh, amen. Again, you got to pray. Amen. You know, the scripture says the steps 
of the righteous are ordered by the Lord. Amen. Lord, lead me every day before you go. Just say, God, bless my company. Help me make a difference in my company. Lord, my boss needs you. My colleague needs you. Lord, every day, just do that in the beginning of your time when you go out there, you know, and before you start your work, before you clock in your prayer, you know, uh, don't do it during your working hours, okay? Do it when, before that, get up early, 30 minutes, and you just walk and pray, bless this individual, bless my boss. Lord, if, 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 if my company is doing bad, God, I'm asking you to bless it. I'm asking you, God, to give us wisdom. I'm asking you to give me favor. Amen. Let me share something with you. Amen. I believe that we can carry Abraham's blessings. Amen. You know what? I, I believe that with all my heart that I can bring favor to my company. You know, pastor, before becoming a pastor, we used to be working in this, this place, you know, animal clinic, you know, and, and, and I still remember very clearly, you know, uh, uh, the partners would come up to me and say, hey, you know, I want you to know something. Our, our, our business has increased. You know, ever since we employed this person, which is me, and I give all the credit to God because I'm in the child of God. You know what? If you have the fruit of the Spirit, if you are likable, if you have favor, you know, people are drawn to that. Amen. You are the light and you are the salt. Amen. And you will produce. Amen. Hallelujah. Come on, people. I want you to understand. Amen. Stop complaining. Stop arguing with your boss. Amen. Be a Christian. Amen. Be submitted. Amen. Do the best of your ability. Be the light that the world needs to see. Don't get absorbed in, in, in the gossip. Amen. But just be a difference maker. I still remember very clearly, you know, all my friends were just so upset because they are supposed to carry some rifles and we are doing some exchange. You know, I have two choices. Join them or become what God wants me to become. Just do it. If they ask you to go one mile, go two miles. I decided to try God out. You know, I still remember carrying that, that rifle and running up the stairs, you know, laughing, you know, and having the joy of the Lord is my strength. And I was singing praises all the way. And then my inject saw that and, 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 and I begin to change the environment. All my friends start to have joy, you know, and climb up the stairs and, and we start doing all kinds of... Guess what? We went home early. We got a day off. Amen. Hallelujah. You know what? And, and, and there was a friend there, you know, that have seen that Christian weakness in my life. And, and again, please, I'm not trying to share this to, to, to leave me. I'm trying to share this because that's a principle that I want you to get. Amen. That, that I still remember, you know, I, I saw him, you know, when I'm coming down the MRT and he grabbed a hold of me and then he ran down to me and said, I want to let you know that I'm a Christian. That weakness that you had never left me. You see, folks, they need to see light. Amen. And, and if we will to see that our workplace is a mission field, I wonder how many people we can win to the Lord. I wonder how many people that we can, amen, that we can teach a home Bible study to. Amen. Just what I want you to do. Amen. You need to recognize that that, that you have the mindset that, that my workplace is my mission for you. Amen. That God has given me assignment to bring His love to these people, to bring light to this environment and ask God to fill your heart with compassion for all you work 
uh, colleagues, amen, and, and pray for people around you. You know, walk around, go to cubicles and bless that cubicle, amen. Pray for them, amen. And you begin to pray in the Holy Ghost. You begin to pray for them, amen. That's what I did in my workplace. I went early just to pray and pray and pray, amen. God revealed their need for you, amen. And then after that, God will empower you. Come on, I begin to pray in the Holy Ghost. There's so many times that God will open doors if you allow Him to. Amen. There are 7.6 billion people on the earth and you may be the only person, only person on the planet that will pray for them. Amen. Everybody deserves a good prayer. Amen. So again, you know, uh, 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 um, see your workplace as, as a venture, not, oh, I got to work again. Come on. God's going to show Himself strong to you. Second place that I need you to pray in the Holy Spirit is business decision and purchases. You know, I don't know whether you understand what I'm saying. You know, uh, thousands if not millions of dollars could be saved if people were to pray in tongues before making a business decision. Every significant purchase investment must be covered with prayer. Not just, not just pray in English because sometimes we pray selfish prayer. But sometimes we need to pray in tongues. Lord, you want me to bless an individual because it's not always about profit and, 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 and it's about investing, amen, in a life, amen, that Lord, that you will turn my money, amen, into something special that will bring this person closer to you, amen. Again, it's not always about profit. Sometimes you have to love, you have to give, amen, amen. So again, you know, again, the Spirit will guide you into all truth. And sometimes when you open up a, a document and you look at it, you know, you just don't feel peace. You need to pray in the Holy Ghost. God, is this me or is this you? You know, and you pray in the Holy Ghost. Before you sign the dotted line, just pray in the Holy Ghost. Just pray, pray, pray in the Holy Ghost. Amen. When you want to go buy a place, you know, you buy a home, you just pray until you feel the peace of God. If your wife doesn't feel peace, then you need to open your ears and listen to her. Amen. So it is important to pray in the Holy Ghost. Again, walk in the Spirit. And the next important thing that we need to pray for in the tongues is praying for your family and significant others. Amen. Oh, again, we will pray for them. And, and sometimes, you know, the Scripture tells us in 1 Peter chapter 5, verse 8, be sober, be vigilant because your adversary, the devil walks about like a roaring lion seeking whom he may devour. Amen. Let me tell you something. If you are an apostolic Christian, amen, and you are teaching Bible study and you are making an effect everywhere you go, let me say one thing. The devil will go all out against you. So you need to pray fervently for your children, fervently for your wife, fervently every day of your life. You need to get up in the morning and just pray in tongues and put them in your mind. Say, Father, you know what's going out there. You know the future, you know the present, you know the past. Father, in the name of Jesus, I yield myself and I pray for my wife. Amen. It could be that, that maybe your wife is driving or he may be carrying something and God will, will, will sort of Divert that accident. Amen. Hallelujah. Again, your prayers may have the power to save life. Amen. We must take this seriously. Amen. Again, the devil wants to destroy us. You know what? I, I, young people, let me say this again. The reason why you need to pray is because Satan is after your case. You know, and, and young people, you are born for such a time as this. And he's trying everything he can to divert your attention, to cause distraction over your life because he don't want 
He recognized what God can do to you. Amen. And He's giving you all kinds of, 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 of uh, 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 distractions so that you cannot get focused. Amen. You know, sometimes, you know, it's kind of scary when I talk to people, they don't believe that Satan is really working and I can see the manifestation of distraction, the manifestation of the spirit of the world, the manifestation of all those things that in their mind and they become, you know, like, like, like if I can say, you know, they are, they are, they are what do you call that? Uh, abs, uh, uh, AWOL, absence, without uh, what, you know, I forgot what's the term, you know. Uh, 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 you know, because they are just seduced by the world. Folks, Jesus Christ is coming back again. If that's going to be a time that we need to live for God is right now. Amen. That's why we need to pray for our families. We need to pray because let me say this. Every time when you read the scripture, it says this, you know, in John chapter 15, 17 verse 15, he says this. John chapter 17 verse 15, he says this. I do not pray that you should take them out of the world, but that you should keep them from the evil one. Amen. And then we also read Luke chapter 22 verse 31 to 32. Simon, Simon, indeed Satan has asked for you that he may sift you as a wheat, but I prayed for you that your faith shall not fail. We need to practice this kind of prayer. We need to pray in tongues for every one of our child. We need to ask God to touch them. We need to ask God to give them dreams and vision. We need to ask God to turn them around. We will pray in the Spirit. Amen. So this is things that we ought to be doing. And last but not least, you know, I, I want to share this with you again. You know, pray for me as your pastor and my family and the church. Amen. The pressure on pastor and their families are enormous. You know, we are living in times where, where the devil is going all out, amen, to destroy your pastor, to destroy their family. So, you know, there are times that you don't understand. You don't understand how the demonic world will visit my home, you know, and try to bring discouragement, self-doubt, and unrealistic expectations on my kids. And I need you to stand up and pray. You know, I need you to pray for them because there are times that they don't understand that they are going to depart. Depression, but it's a spirit of depression. It's the attack of the under, other side. And there are times where, 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 where we feel burnout. You know, again, again, ministry is warfare. So again, the first thing that the devil will want to do is take out me. Take out my wife, amen. Take out my children, amen. So pray for me. I'm asking you as a pastor, pray for me that I get to hear God's voice, that I can lead the church the way God wants me to lead the church, amen. That we will stand for truth, amen. We will stand for apostolic doctrine, amen. Again, let me say this, the devil is all out in these last days, amen. And there are times where our children, especially those children in ministry, don't understand the doubt that hits them, don't understand the fear. And if we are not sharp in the spirit, we, we counsel them and we, 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 we become too hard on them and their spirit close up. I've done that and, and, and I'm, I'm paying for some of those things that I, I, I wish I have not done because I was frustrated myself. So please pray for our family. Thank you for loving us. Thank you for giving us room to fail. Thank you, Tabernacle of Joy, but the best thing that you can ever do for me. Amen. If you want to give me a gift, amen, pray for my family. Pray for me. Amen. Satan can devastate our family, so we need to pray diligently in the Spirit, and also we want to pray for the church. Amen.
Again, we want to pray for the church that we will become fervent, that we be a church that would rise up in this late hour and take our rightful position in advancing the cause of Christ. Pray that we be awakened from our dreadful slumber. Pray that the church must become holy example to the rest of the world. Pray the church becomes the bride without spot, wrinkle and blemish. Pray the church will once again be empowered by the Holy Spirit to execute the will of God on the earth. Pray the church would give evidence of the resurrection power of Jesus Christ that dwell within us in order that the in order that the words and the great exploit would be magnified in supremacy as well as in the goodness of Jesus Christ. Amen. Hallelujah. Come on, everybody. Last but not least, let's turn to the book of Ephesians. Last but not least, Ephesians chapter 6, verse 18. Amen. Amen. Okay, let's praying always with all prayer and supplication in the Spirit, being watchful to this end with all perseverance and supplication for all saints. You know, again, when you read this scripture, I want you to understand this. You know, again, you know, you can put all the whole armor of God and you refuse to pray. What's the point? Prayer is that arena that we all have to get into. Amen. We need to pray in the Spirit. Please, don't misunderstand me. Say, Pastor, if I pray in my native tongue, am I praying in the Spirit? Could be. You know, but, but again, you know, when we are praying in the Spirit, 1 Corinthians tells us that when you pray in the Spirit, you are praying in tongues. You know, again, uh, 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 we need to pray in tongues. Far too frequently, Christians are losing battles in their personal lives, you know, because they are un unprepared to face life issues. The deficiency may be due to us not praying enough in the Spirit. Amen. It is possible that the struggles and the defeat in our lives could be because we do not have the peace of armor. We do not pray in the Holy Spirit. Amen. Uh, you know what? I, I was reading uh, a book, Chasing the Dragon by Jackie Pullinger. And one of the things that really caught my attention is this, you know, this he, that Jackie Pullinger has a ministry to reach out to heroin addicts. And if you understand anything about heroin addicts, uh, 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 you know, they, they go through uh, horrible withdrawals and, and, and one of the things that they do to, to, to uh, empower them over their, their, this addiction is to pray them through the Holy Ghost. Amen. And many of them receive the Holy Ghost and every time the urge would come, all the brothers would surround this brother and all begin to pray in tongues and so the person will pray in tongues and supernaturally the withdrawal will be lifted. Amen. I say again, there is something about praying in the Spirit that we need to investigate. There is something about it that is higher than my ways. Amen. And therefore, you know, it is so sad that we put on every piece of equipment, but, but we fail to pray in the Spirit. Amen. We get up every day, go to work in a dark world, a world where the devil to seek to devour us, a world where temptation lurks in every turn, the lust of the flesh, the pride of life, the lust of the Spirit. Uh, the last of the eyes, amen, are constantly putting pressure and, uh, and, 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 and on us to indulge in our fantasy and lust. And if we go into this hostile war zone without that armor, then we're going to be left relying on our flaw, uh, our, our, our strength, our weak fleshly strength, amen. If we're going to make true, amen, we need to take on the whole armor. We need to start to pray in the Spirit. We need to start to pray in tongues. We need to arm ourselves with this new 
weapon praying in the spirit. I don't know about you, but you know, if you go to the workplace and you hear someone is going through leukemia, someone who is going through the divorce, you don't have any power. Uh, uh, but you and I have the Holy Spirit. We can go into that room and say, I don't know what you go through, but I know a God that is able and we release the power of God in that situation. I wonder what would happen. I wonder what would happen when your neighbors, you know, uh, uh, say that they found a man Amen. In their life, you know, mess on their liver, and you will walk in there. <laughs> I know someone. I, I know someone, and he's living inside me. Would you allow me to pray? And you will pray in the Holy Ghost. What would happen? Amen. I say again, let the Holy Ghost out. Pray in the Holy Spirit. Pray in tongues. Amen. I, you know, I, I want to be saved before I go silver and go. I do not have, but what I do have, I give you. Rise up and walk in the name of Jesus. Amen. So again, as I study this, I'm so convicted. I'm so convicted that, that I'm serving the Lord with my own strength. And it's hard to serve the Lord with your own strength. It is virtually impossible. We need the Holy Spirit. Amen. How would you respond today? How would you respond today? It's so crucial. You know, again, I, 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 I've noticed this as a pastor. I, when, when I see people who pray in the Spirit, when I see people in the Word of God, they, that there's two things that is important. In Acts chapter 6, verse 4, they say they give themselves to prayer and the ministry of the Word. Amen. And, and, and when you give of yourself into prayer, when you give of yourself, you know, you become from a position of a victim, you become a position of a victor. That's why I love Romans chapter 8. I'm going to do a study on Romans chapter 8. Incredible topic. It's a topic of victory. It's a topic of positioning your yourself. Amen. And he talks about praying the Spirit. He talks about Jesus Christ being your intercessor. He talks about all things will work together. He talks about, you know, you did not receive a spirit of an orphan. You receive a spirit of of adoption. I'm telling you, when I read Romans chapter 8, I want to dance, I want to shout because I can pray on the winning side. I don't want to pray on the begging side. I know that my God is for me. Who can be against me? So why don't we just leave our voice right now? Just yield yourself in the Holy Ghost. Amen. I'm believing God for victory. I'm believing God for healing. I'm believing God everything that He stays in the Word. But again, it's not by strength. It's not by might. It's by the Spirit. Amen. Shall we just leave our voice right now? I don't know what you are going through today. I don't know who's struggling what. I don't know what kind of sickness you are battling today. But I'm here to tell you, let's pray from a position of victory. Let's pray from a position of the spirit of adoption. Why don't we just yield ourselves? I'm not talking about just five minutes in speaking in tongues. I'm talking about you yielding to the Holy Ghost right now. Come on, come on, people. Just lift your voice. Let's begin to pray for our homes. Let's begin to pray for our workplace. Let's begin to pray for our church. Let's begin to pray for our loved ones. Yield yourself to the Holy Ghost. This is available. This prayer language is available. All you need to is, is, is you know, if you have not been born again, amen, you need to repent. Amen. You need to reach out to God and you need to release. 
say amen. Wherever you are, you know, you need to repent. You need to recognize that Jesus Christ died for your sins. Amen. He was buried and on the third day, He was resurrected, symbolizing His God. Amen. That He died on the cross for you and you need to put your trust in Him and you need to turn towards Him by reaching out to Him. You need to turn to Him, amen, by foregoing your old life and walk into the newness of life that He's awaiting for you. Amen. Hallelujah. And then when you start to praise Him, when you start to exalt Him, you don't know what else to do. Release your tongue. Wherever you are, release your tongue and He will fill you gloriously with the evidence of speaking in tongues wherever you are. Amen. Why don't you just yield to God right now? Amen. Come on, let your tongue go for a moment right now. In the name of Jesus, in the name of Jesus, have your way, do your will. Come on, just let your voice go. Amen. All those that are watching online right now, just let your voice go. All those that are in GV location, just let your voice go. Amen. Whoever you are, whatever you are right now, whatever trials that you may be going through, just let your voice go right now. Don't give up. Let's pursue after all that He wants for me. Amen. I will not settle for anything less than your very best. Amen. Hallelujah, Jesus. Amen. Hallelujah, Jesus. In Jesus' name. In Jesus' name. In Jesus' name. Hallelujah, Jesus. In Jesus' name. May the Lord bless you. Come on. I'm, I'm, I'm going to disappear right now, but, but in your own location, just continue to pray in the Holy Ghost. Just continue to you yourself. Amen. If the Holy Spirit is still working in you, just continue to allow Him to do whatever He needs to do. Amen. If you have to go, I understand. But do not quench the Holy Ghost. Do not grieve the Holy Ghost. Just continue to reach out to the Spirit. Amen. Hallelujah, Jesus. Hallelujah. In Jesus' name. In Jesus' name.